Welcome to the Real Estate Hustle Podcast. My name is Andre Chin, broker owner, real estate investor, mega agent, and real estate coach. We're going to be tackling all things real estate, bringing you guests from all across North America, mega agents, mega teams, and we're going to be diving deep into their businesses to figure out how they got to where they are and how they consistently bring that hustle into their business every single day. Buckle up, our podcast starts now. Hey everyone, thanks for joining us for another episode of the Real Estate Hustle Podcast. Today we've got my friend Andy Hannigan coming out of the St. Louis area. Andy is a team leader, he's a real estate coach, he's a real estate investor with a ton of other things that he's doing. And we're going to dive into his business today and get to know him a little bit better and find out how he's built this massively successful world in a relatively short time period. Andy, thanks for being on the show. It's been a pleasure to chat with you all these years and welcome. Yeah, my pleasure. And thanks for having me. Yeah. So, so how long have you been in real estate? How long have you been doing this, this real estate thing? July 15th, I will we'll have been in real estate, well, licensed, I should say, uh, for 14 years. Uh, before that, I degree in real estate from the University of Missouri, Mizzou, uh, for those uh, in the Midwest that might know what Mizzou means. Yeah. And uh, before that, I was, I, I decided to get into real estate the way I did is because I was helping my dad renovate houses in the summers in between college or at summer vacations at, uh, during college with my brother. And uh, I didn't have the patience or the uh, skill that my brother and my dad did. I wasn't good at painting. I shocked myself uh, wiring things uh, frequently. I was really good at demolishing things. And yet uh, I went back to school and said, okay, I got to bring value to this, uh, this family business somehow. So I got my degree in real estate and I learned how money operates in the real estate vehicle. And uh, that's my contribution. They don't, they allow me to have hammers yet nothing else, no paintbrushes, no screwdrivers, <laughs> nothing else now. Well, it's interesting because most people get into real estate through a situation, right? It's, uh, there's very few people. I think we're starting to see more and more people now come into real estate as the first career, but it's usually something second or third or whatever, but it sounds like you picked it sort of out of the gate. I'm going to help my family and, and made a career out of it right from the start. Yeah. I mean, the job market in 2007 is when I got out of college was, ve was not very good in St. Louis and, and uh, I couldn't find a job that wasn't just something in alignment with my values and what my skill set would be. And uh, so it was, I mean, I think I had one or two job offers. One was like working at a FedEx Kinko's uh, uh, back, back room, which again, wasn't something that was going to excite me long-term. So I went door knocking uh, a different business, central business districts, just knocking on the door and and one of the doors was uh, Blue Ribbon Realtors. They're not around anymore. Um, small mom and pop 11 agent shop. And they, uh, they, I walked in and he said, yeah, just get your real estate license and, uh, and we'll teach you how to be a millionaire. None of, nobody in there was a millionaire. That was a, a sell job, though. Wonderful, wonderful people. And um, I got my license uh, two or three days later. I studied for nonstop for two or three days, got my license. And uh, eventually was fortunate enough that somebody left our team to go to Keller, came back to get the rest of us. And then we got to Keller Williams two, two years later. So that's when things really started taking off. I was waiting tables while doing real estate at that point. That sounds like the, the typical story. And, and yeah. you know, most people come in and, and you know, it's, it's a running joke, right? We always talk about the, the HGTV or the, the way it looks on TV, real estate, right? Your phone's always ringing, you're driving the fancy car, you're wearing the good suits and everything else. And most people miss this side of it where it's like, no, 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 that's not how we start. You start hustling, you're usually working a second job. You're trying to find your way to get there until someone puts you in the path 
of, of building a great business. And it sounds like someone did that favor for you. Yeah. I'll tell you what, my, my bill collectors for my student loans did not care about my upside. They wanted their money now. So uh, working Applebee's humbly uh, while my friends were closing down bars um, in the historic Soulard area in St. Louis, Missouri, um, I was uh, I was closing down the uh, smoking section of an Applebee's going home and then waking up the next day early and uh, showing houses at eight, nine o'clock in the morning. So there was nothing glamorous about it. I had a truck with no AC. And just like Canada's cold, the Midwest gets hot and humid uh, during the uh, the summer, spring and summer months. And so wearing a suit um, and sometimes wearing a suit with crutches and a knee brace because I had several knee surgeries uh, during those Applebee's days anyway, got really hot. There's nothing glamorous about it. There's nothing glamorous about it now, but at least it looks the parts when you go right. out and you're, you're, you're well presented and, and dry for, yeah. <laughs> and have a suit on, but uh, and you, your hair is combed for a change. But um, yeah, there was nothing uh, glamorous about it. My friends are going, what are you doing? You, yeah. you, don't, you don't need to even graduate from high school to get a real estate license, let alone you got two college degrees. What are you doing? So and it's funny yeah. because your, your story kind of mimics mine a little. I think you, you've got a couple of years on me. You, you came in a few years ahead of me. Our recession was, was just after yours, right? So you guys started, you know, things fell apart in 2007 for you guys, started seeing it in 2006. And then 2008, I think it was at the height of the recession for you guys. Well, 2008 is when it started falling apart for us. 2009 is when we sort of got the nod and that's about the same time I decided to get my real estate license and I was bartending at um at a Kelsey's at the time so similar thing like I was doing the same thing and my car didn't have AC either I don't know if that's a, a realtor right of passage coming out of this thing but my the, the most painful for me was whenever it would rain and we get about one really good thunderstorm a week and have not having an AC when you when it's raining and you're driving around is just yeah. it's a nightmare because your windows are still cracked so you can get some airflow yeah and yeah it, it was just, up or anything and then yeah, yeah. fogs up on you right so it, it's curious to hear that because where you are today that that journey has taken you pretty far hearing where it starts is always great i love the story because i can relate directly to it i still remember waiting tables getting done my shift at you know two in the morning you know, getting up, being at the office by, by 8.39, starting lead gen, and then, you know, going on appointments until four or five o'clock, getting back into the restaurant in the evening, and then, you know, calling someone, hey, can you cover a showing for me? Because I got to I gotta wait tables tonight. So I know that pain. I know that struggle. And uh, I think it builds a lot of unique character for, for some of us realtors. And, and I know you and I aren't alone in that journey as well. There's probably tons of people listening right now in the bar with a real estate license wondering, okay, how do I get to where Andrew is? So, so walk me through that journey. I mean, you know, 14 years later, what's your team doing today? What kind of volume are you guys at? Um, and what does that look like for you guys? Well, I want to brush upon something you said. I'm glad you talked about the character because that's what we're looking for. When you say what your team's doing, well, we're looking for talent with character. Um, and a lot of times it comes in the form of uh, blue collar upbringings yet with bigger aspirations, big picture aspirations while they were uh, hardworking and, and blue collar. Because if not, you're getting people who might get the, the, the social media life where that information is super fast and, um, and, and it's not in any way uh, on the tip of wisdom right. or on, on the tip of any kind of experience. And, you know, if it, and so what our team's doing is looking for people, and we've learned by uh, trial and error, we're looking for people who have a long-term vision for what we're doing, and we hire to promote. As far as um, transactions are concerned, we'll do over 120 this year. It's a little bit of a rebuilding. I've done 120 with two agents 
four or five, no, five or six years ago now. Uh, and it was me and a buyer's agent, no transaction coordinator help. And we don't want to do that anymore. We want a life. And there's other things, other businesses we have going on. I'm a coach. Uh, I'm a real estate investor. And I want my people to do the same thing, build wealth while they're making money. And uh, so we'll do 120 this year. That volume will probably be a, translate into around 25 million. Um, our team uh, at our peak did 189 for 32 million. And we'll get back there. Um, yeah, so that's what we'll do this year. And we're going to do it the right way and to model. Everything that we've done before was kind of pure uh, strength and then pig-headed uh, determination. But this, we're doing it the right way now. As a coach, I'm looking at my business and going, hmm, I probably should act with integrity. So for the last three years, we've been doing that. And, and it was a restart. I got out of business with two partners that weren't the right fit, that weren't uh, hiring to model. And so I had to come back in and I'm kind of running the team again, uh, at least for the next three quarters before um, the person I'm grooming is kind of taken over. Okay. So, so you're doing what, you know, the, the magical seventh level, which, you know, I've, I've had this conversation with a number of different people. I don't know anyone that's a true seventh level and, and maybe I'm crazy. I, I just don't know anyone that's truly there. It seems like level six is where most of us land and, and sort of stay there for at least the infinite future until you go into retirement. But that's, that's really impressive to, to sort of be looking at that and be able to forecast that, you know, I'll be out of production by the first quarter of next year or the second quarter of next year. What has to happen for you in order for that to happen next? Because a lot of people that are listening are, are from all other co companies and countries, and they have no idea what we're really talking about right now when we say sixth level, seventh level, that sort of stuff. So br break it down for me like you would as, as, as a coach. Yeah. So the, the millionaire real estate agent, it's an agglomeration of all the best practices and themes. It's not one person's success story that they write a book about. It's, if anybody's read The Millionaire Next Door, it's empirical evidence of how to become a millionaire. You can become a millionaire. I, I could write a book right now to be one sentence, win the lottery. There you go. Millionaire, there's one success story. Is it scalable? Is it duplicatable? Can you predictably um, uh, forecast that to happen for one person in each and every person? No. If, if so, that would be my coaching thing. I would be, you would charge me uh, one minute's worth of, uh, of conversation and we would never have another conversation again, win the lottery. That's it. No, it's, it's, this is everybody's success stories and the themes of what makes people successful. That's the model that we come up with, with the millionaire real estate agent. So we'll level seven businesses. You're completely out of the business and it's making money for you. Right. Um, and like you said, as everyone, uh, can anyone truly be at a level seven? Only temporarily, from what I've seen, Gary Keller is still going on appointments, recruiting some top agents into the company. That's what the level six is when you're still in there. You're either in a board of directors or CEO type format. That's my uh, not so humble opinion about it. And you might still be making some lead generation calls. I fully expect to keep lead gen. I'm, get, I'm still doing listings. Listings will be gone uh, by uh, January 1st, 2022. They'll be off my plate. My, my heir apparent is either on my team or about to be recruited. I'm not sure yet. We, 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 we like to have competition within our team to see who uh, best man or woman wins. And um, I still won't be giving up Legion. I'm still going to be calling for listings. I'm still going to be calling to find investment properties. I'm still going to be calling to find quality coaching clients like we kind of talked about. The quality of the coach really is dependent on the quality and readiness of the client. Um, and, uh, and then I'll still be looking for buyers and sellers right? I'm still going to be lead generating. Yeah. 
I just might be doing it in a different format. I get paid to speak. Once I buy a self-driving car, after I get rid of listings, I'll be self-driven all over the country, maybe countries um, speaking again. That's lead generation for my team. That's lead generation for my coaching business. Heck, I might even find some great investment returns and real estate in the different areas where I'm at. Well, it's, it's funny because I think that's one of those ones that gets ignored by, by real estate agents a lot is the power of an agent referral, mm-hmm. right? And I know agents that do no lead generation in the traditional sense, right? I mean, when we're talking lead generation, you're dialing for dollars, you're knocking on doors, you're following with online leads. There's so many different ways that you can do it. And agent referrals is a massive opportunity, I think, that a lot of agents don't do. And you're just using your knowledge that you already have. You're going around speaking, so you're having speaking engagements, and then you're getting a name out there that, hey, who do I know in St. Louis? Well, it's got to be Andy. And I mean, even so much so that I would say I would be hard-pressed for all the, the, the thousands of Keller Williams agents that I know, you're, you'd be my only St. Louis referral partner. But that's because you've spoken at a lot of stuff. We ran into each other at a lot of stuff. You're active and you're out there. So it's lead generation in a different way. And I, I'm, I'm so happy that you said it because we hear a lot, uh, you know, you Keller Williams guys, all you guys do is pick up the phone. Well, yeah, we do. And we do so much other stuff as well. Well, and, and absolutely. I've been lead generating since I took bold in October of 2009. I came to Keller Williams, started doing real estate the right way. I'd like to say in September 1st, 2009, went to bold First step was in September. The second step, which is the real paid step, is uh, in October. And I started doing phone calls then. So since 2009, my data bank has been getting bombarded with phone calls from me. Now, with that, people know why I'm calling. And they are conditioned at this point to just listen to the voicemail. Uh, They don't always want to pick up and hear from me because they know they're going to get that information somehow. That's okay. The phone call, the voicemail, that's still us thinking enough of them to give them the information, the value that we want to give them. This is a quarterly like uh, relationship from a phone call standpoint. And on top of that, I want to catch up with them. The people who want to catch up with me, they'll pick up. The people who only want to keep us as a, a professional relationship that works as well too. Yet, I do want to make sure that people are getting the information. So I'm going to follow up with a text a couple of weeks later with the same information that's another way to lead generate. And right now what we're experimenting with is video text. And I'll sit here and say the same thing with a little bit different because I know each of my people's uh, uh, situations a little bit differently. I've got notes. I've got a really good memory for people I know very, very well in their stories. I don't always remember names. I do remember stories very, very well. So when we have 1,500 people that I keep track of, and that's about my limit with all the other things I have going on, I can customize a 90 seconds or less conversation um, in a video text and send it to them, a one-sided one, but one that's all about them. Um, the funny thing about lead gen is it's a two-sided coin. There's marketing and there's prospecting, there's hunting, there's farming. You come to me, I come to you, whatever the hell you want to say, it's all the same thing. And you can have fun with it. You can find other ways to do things. And I get bored very easily. And yet the first 10 years of my career, maybe nine, I relentlessly and religiously uh, stayed on the phone and let my other 30, at the time it was 29 touches, now it's 32 touches, passively help me reinforce the message and remind people when they see an email from me, oh, I got to call Andy back, right? Right. All of that plays into the ecosystem of, of, of lead generation. And it gets you business and have fun. I can't say this enough, have fun with it. Don't make it harder than it needs to be. If you don't want to call somebody, don't call them, get them out, put them in a passive 
uh, touch program and the call to people you want to talk to. You're, you're being a salesperson. And I, I had someone say this to me the other day that, they, they, you know, everyone hears the word realtor and forgets that it, it started as a, it's a sales job. And so you're, you're functioning through all the different pieces of it. I found the text interesting because we just ran something with text and, and we've had tremendous results with it. We're just a simple text message that we send and, and it's getting really good engagement. We, we've toyed with the video text and I think everyone's heading to video, but even on top of that, I mean, texts and DMs are now official ways to lead generate, right? So you can sit there and message every single person on your social media and ask them a real estate question, or in your case, you can send them a video. What I found interesting is you didn't just do a one shot video and send it to a hundred people. You're doing a hundred separate videos for a hundred separate people. Customize and for their situation. And so, you know, it's them and, you know, do I have uh, a, a, a stock? Hey, Dylan, it's Andy. For the people that I know, know that are past clients that work for my buyer's agents, I never once talked to them. Absolutely. Yet for my top 1,500, I have some type of relationship with them. And I want to make sure that I continue that relationship and they know that it's me. And the response rate on video text, it's about 40%. That's a little bit better than my phone calls. For every three dials I get, I got one person that either answers or calls me back. So if I'm doing a bold 100, which is 100 conversations in a day, that'll, that'll cost you around seven hours of focused lead gen time. Um, I'm looking at 300 dials. And for me, I like to overestimate so I don't have to worry. I have 500 names if I'm doing one of those. Right. Yet, um, <clears throat> when I'm doing a video email, the response is around 75%. It's anywhere from 70 to 75%, depending on the week. And um, that's, that's just zigging while everyone else is zagging. If they're too busy hitting, ignoring their phone, great. I'm going to shoot you uh, over a video text. Yeah. And if they're too busy going, I have too many texts, I'm screening them. I'm going to shoot you a direct message. Why not? Keep them guessing. I, I lift weights a lot. I, I, and, and my trainers are always saying, keep the body guessing. We're going to shock the body with something brand new today. Kind of shock them or just at least give them something different. Keep them interested. Keep them engaged. Because just like your relationships can grow and deepen, uh, well, your muscles can grow by being shocked and, and being and keep keep on guessing and adapting. Your relationships can grow, and you can get that information to them in different ways. Now, as a coach, I know drunk monkeys in your audience, drunk monkeys, limiting beliefs, whatever you want to call them, um, are going to be well. If you have to put so much effort into a relationship, can you really call it a relationship? Yeah, yeah. The content is still king, and it's valuable. And there are plenty of people that you don't want to put judgment on their inactivity or lack of a response from you. There are plenty of people that just see you as a real estate agent and a real estate professional, the way we should be seen as, you know, and not a PR firm or anything other than that. And what they will do is call you when they have something. Right. I'll give you a really good example. Um, I've worked on a lead for three years. I've called this person quarterly for three years. And we've touched them uh, 36 times a year because they said they were going to sell. It took three years before finally they called me back and say, hey, Andy, I got a referral for you. I'm not ready to sell yet. I got a referral for you. I told them that you're the man that you're the follow-up king. Not once have I heard from this person. Now, I could have <laughs> put my own judgment projected on them and said, hey, um, this person doesn't like me. This person doesn't value me. Yeah. It's a one call a quarter. 
What's it going to hurt to leave a voicemail, let them know what the interest rates are, let them know where uh, lumber prices are right now, uh, let them know what uh, the inventory is like right now to see what they stand to make when they sell. No, this person gave me a referral and we closed them. Three wow. years, three years. And it was just, if you have three years times uh, uh, four, what's well, 12 phone calls, 12 phone calls. And it could easily have been me psyching myself out thinking this person doesn't care about me. This person is annoyed by my phone calls. Make the phone calls. Yeah, I think Gary said 70% of our business in the future is going to be because of lead follow-up, not lead generation. Yeah. Great. Then win that lead generation, lead follow-up hunger games. Be the last person they hear from. Well, Gary's been saying that for, for years now, right? The, the 70% number. And you're right. I mean, generating leads is, is only the, the small part of the process, in my opinion. I think anyone can go generate a lead. You can go talk to someone. They go, yeah, I want to do real estate at some point in the next five years. Well, it's what you do with it from there. And, and you know, I hear agents all the time and they'll say, you know, oh, I'm so mad. This person used somebody and I, this person used somebody and everything else. And I, I always remember that, that very first thing where um, I sat in, I, I'm trying to remember who it was that did it. Um, it was one of the, one of the trainers, it might've been Lucas or someone. And he said, you know, it's, it's not the client's job to remember you. It's your job to be memorable. So how are you going to do that? And, and I remember that sticking with me very early on. I've got a similar story where I've got a guy, yours was three years. I had a guy in my database for eight years, eight years. And he did real estate transactions without me. That was the funny thing, but I never took him out. Yeah. I, I kept in touch with him. Um, you know, he sold a couple privately. He bought from a couple builders direct. He did some stuff like that for over this eight year period. But he called me to sell his multi-million dollar property. I always share this story because I kept in touch with him for eight years and I never heard from him. He never responded to an email, never called me back, never responded to a text. I door knocked him one day and just happened to grab his information, put him in the 36 touch program and stayed in touch with him. And then the day he called me, I, I asked him, I said, you know, you're trusting me with a multi-million dollar sale here on your personal home. Why now? And he said, because you never stopped. <laughs> because I never needed you for the other ones. I could have gone into the builder. I could have done these stuff because I never needed you for that one. He goes, but I trusted your professionalism for this one because I knew how relentless you were, even though I never called you back. I never once answered you. I never, you know, I think he unsubscribed a couple of times and I would like track, track him down and put him back in the database. <laughs> um, and with his permission, I always got his permission to do it. And, and that's very, very similar, right? So instead of not making money. I could have written him off. I could have canceled it. I could have, because I saw when he did um, one of his sales privately and I thought, man, I really should get this guy out of there. And you talked about limiting beliefs and drunk monkeys. And I was like, oh, you know what? He's never going to use me. I should, I should pull him out and stop wasting my time. And I didn't because I heard, you know, follow-up's going to be king. And a couple of years ago, he called me and he said, Andre, I want you to sell this. You know, we did it at a full rate. It was like a $35,000 commission. Well, 35K over eight years, it's not great returns, but it's I'm I'm okay with it. I'm well, very, very how many how many phone calls would you estimate you made over that entire time? Probably about twenty two phone calls. Twenty two. Okay, there you go. And the same, I had twelve phone calls. So if someone said you're going to get a closing if you make twelve phone calls, not even contacts. Now, on average, it takes me twenty two contacts to earn a closing with right. my SOI. Right. The if someone told me all you need to do is dial a phone 12 times and have value each time, including happy holidays, Merry Christmas. That was, that was three of them, right? During the holidays, I'm always going to just give them that. I'll get, you know, I just want to wish you and your family happy holidays, Merry Christmas. And that's it. 
That's it. So three of them a year. So nine total had some kind of real estate professional value baked into each and every conversation or each and every voicemail. You told me I was going to make 12, uh, do 12, leave 12 voicemails. I get a closing. I'll trade that all day. It's the ego that is what's taxing for us. The ego is what we're financing there. Our feelings are hurt. No, I agree with that. I agree with that. I always have agents go calculate their hourly. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, how long are you on the phone? The average phone costs three minutes in our world. because We're not on the call for that long with them. And so if you know your hourly and then you go to your, 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 your minutes, you know, I think someone told me once that every time they picked up the phone, it was worth $10 to them. Mm-hmm. It was a $10 phone call, three minutes, 10, 10 bucks. And they, they just kept saying that in their head. You know, every time I do this, I just made 10 bucks. Similar thing is they knew how many calls it was going to take. How are you tracking that? So, you know, that for every 22 calls, you get through, you should get a closing. Are you running, you know, CTE? Are you running it in, in command? How are you tracking it to that micro that you now know what to do in order to, to continue to earn? I would say this, I have a director of operations and I let her do all that. What I do with my coaching clients, and this will be a little bit simpler, I think. You're saying a three minute phone call. Um, what we do at MAPS, and this might be an Andy thing and not a MAPS thing. It's, I've been doing this for so long that I don't know. Yet, um, I'll say, look, you got 1,500 people in your data bank, and we're going to do what's called the DTD2. Do the data bank two. And I call it a data bank because that's where all your money's coming from, right? Do the data bank two. So you're going to take two letters of the alphabet, and the last names that have those letters in the alphabet, you're going to call them each week. For 13 weeks, you have 26 letters in the alphabet after 13 weeks, which happens to be a quarter, you get to rinse and repeat and do it all over again, right? For those of you who are subscribed to the 12 week year, the last two weeks are a cakewalk. You can easily combine those and you can have a week and a half of vacation. So it's 11 and a half week year if you'd like. If I like to play ahead myself and front load my quarters because all that business comes from it and that takes 90 days to get out. So closer to the end of the quarter, you're going to see the benefit of that business. So just keep that in mind as well. Uh, Just if you want to front load your, your, your quarters on your activities to generate the business, you'll have more time freed up at the end to service that business. So you're not having these roller coaster like uh, seasons with uh, your real estate sales. Well, anyway, getting back to the DTD two, two letters per week for 13 weeks. That's, an entire, you go through your entire data bank. You do that four times a, a year, four quarters. You have your data bank communicated to you four times, four times each year. That's the 36 touch. The 36 touch requires you to do four phone conversations or face-to-face voice-to-voice conversations a year. And then the other 32 touches are passive or you have some kind of client or community appreciation event too. Right. So your business is working for you on those other 32. Your only job as a lead generator is those four phone calls, those four conversations. So let's say I have 1500 people in my data bank. You times that by four. You have 6000 conversations. Now, I always share with my coaching clients. I'm pretty good about getting off the phone in under five minutes. But I say a lot of there's very social people get into real estate. Right. We don't get into this because we don't like people. We, we get into it to talk to more people and get referrals and make us feel special. Well, so I go 6,000 times five, but I go, I'm going to spot you. Let's round up to seven. 6,000 times seven, that's 42,000 minutes on the phone divided by 60. That's 700 hours. Now, I always challenge people because they want to have agents, my coaching clients want to have two weeks of vacation a year. I said, no, let's just do four. You deserve it once a quarter. If you're a 12-week year subscriber, you get one vacation a quarter anyway. 
right? So then we go to that's 48 weeks a year. If you're calling Monday through Friday, most people do that. Some people say, well, I'm going to do it Monday through Sunday. Do a Monday through Friday. Just give your family, give your life a chance. Uh, that means you got 240 days. So 700 divided by 240 days, excuse me, 700 divided by 240 days, that equals 2.196 hours of lead gen a day. That's roughly what Gary Keller says, three hours of lead gen. Now, that is talk time, not dial time. Now, that's assuming you get a hold of every single person you need to get a hold of every day, right? Right. You're not going to. I just said for me and who've been doing who's been doing this a while, one out of every three phone calls picks up. So you're looking at that additional time for call time, leaving voicemails, leaving text messages. If you don't feel they're going to call you back because it's one of those relationships, then at least text them and get that information out to them. Then what, what do you get out of that? You get a 10 to one ratio for every 10 people in your data bank. You can expect to enjoy one piece of closed business. Yeah. Now it might take two years for that marketing to enhance your business because at Keller Williams, our businesses are prospecting-based phone calls. We're, this is the foundation, and then we're marketing enhanced. It might take two years for your business to start being conditioned, the, your data bank to be conditioned to think about you when they're looking to buy and sell and think about you when they, look, when they know other people looking to buy, sell, or invest as well. But your phone calls, it will take 90 days. What we do today consistently, consistently being the operative word, will pay off 90 days from now when we'll start seeing that business. So if you go, well, Andy, your team's going to do over 120 this year. Why not 150? Well, I'm getting back into this. If you, if you recall from the earlier conversation, I was a coach. I was traveling around. I had ISAs doing my data bank. Well, we got rid of those because we had to dehire some people, get them over onto other teams where they were a better fit from a value standpoint, and teams that had the uh, had it in their budget correctly to model to handle them. And now I'm back being my own ISA for a little bit. We're building the right way organically, and eventually, it's this is the last thing I'll give up. But these 1,500 people will be my responsibility at least for the next three or four years from a buyer and seller standpoint, they will always be my responsibility when I'm looking for talent, when I'm looking for real estate investments, when I'm looking for my next opportunity, whatever that may be. They'll always be with me. You'll never not talk to them. They may change. Attrition happens. Loyalty is something that's been a big challenge, I think, since COVID hit. Yeah. And we're 10% attrition in your data bank before where you got to replenish. If I had 1,500, I got to bring up 150 new people in uh, just to protect what I have. Now we're looking at bringing 300 new people in because I say it's 30% now. Yeah, yeah, there you go. There you 30%. go. All day. Yeah. And, and for everyone listening right now, you just literally got a crash course in how to build your business. Go back, listen to Andy again, write it down. He just simplified the model for you on how to go and do 120 transactions year over year, which is really good income, right? I mean, in our market, average commission on that would be about 10,000. So you're going to gross over a million dollars just by following exactly what you followed. One last thing, I know we don't have a lot more time. Um, you mentioned the 36 Touch program. I, I don't know if you remember Gary talking about it where he said, you know, that's probably not gonna be enough touches. Are you pivoting in any way around that? Have you added to that? Um, I know us personally, we're, we're at about 63 total touches. Like we kind of took what he yeah. said and, and talked about Amazon. And I think Amazon's touching our clients about 88 times a year, whatever the number is, 80 something. And we were like, okay, well, we got to at least double what we're doing. We didn't quite get to double. We got to 63 touches. Are you guys adding anything else in there? Oh, we definitely have additional touches and don't, don't sleep on the power of social media to develop a relationship with your, your audience. 
they, they want to know you the person. They don't want to be bombarded with open houses to death. Don't get me wrong. Yet bringing value to them and helping them make sense of what's going on is going to be huge. And, and this got even bigger. This opportunity got even bigger when the pandemic hit. I had agents, and I'm sure that this market wasn't the only one. We had agents that went on TV the day that we went into quarantine as a country and, and pronounced that we were in a buyer's market. How'd that work out for him? Not so good. <laughs> well, that was the guy in my market. And I know him personally, and I, I, I felt comfortable because I let him know, hey, I'm going to be calling you out very shortly here and my, in my media because you're wrong. And, I'll, and time will tell that you're wrong. Yet the thing is, we can't know. It takes the, 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 the Fed, I think it's the Fed, it takes the Fed two quarters before we can pronounce a recession. And yet we have agents taking hours and pronouncing a buyer's market, right? Nah, it doesn't work like that. Sorry. Show me your work. Yeah. Because the data's not out yet. And the data that's available shows this is still a strong seller's market. Well, there is, you know, it's, it's a funny thing you say that because you're right. Everyone right away. And, and if you were smart and didn't play into that, I mean, we've got investors that they made oodles of money because they, they just kept doing what they were doing. They bought the properties they needed to. And I don't know if you guys went through this. We just went through a 35% market increase in, in a seven month period. So inventory continued to get shorter and shorter, you know, lockdowns were happening, that sort of stuff. Inventory levels fell to an all-time low and, you know, laws of supply and demand. All of a sudden we had all these new buyers and we had nothing to sell. And it created this, this insane market that we're still in right now. Depending on when you're listening to this, this is about middle of the year in June in 2021. So I'm curious to see where we'll go from here. And, and obviously we'll have you back on the show next year. That's, that's a recurring thing that we've, we've done is, is we want to bring people back the following year, see where their business is and where they're going. But before we run out of time, Andy, we got about two more minutes. Give me your, your sort of your mic drop moment, your every realtor needs to hear this, you know, coach Andy Hannigan's coming at you here where, you know, whether you're a new agent, a successful agent or anything else, what's something we got to hear from you? Um, so again, back in St. Louis, that guy that I talked about that particular example, um, he's not an idiot, but he made an idiotic statement. That was an idiotic moment. The reason that the good agents are valuable is because there are so many terrible agents. And I mean that as earnestly as I possibly can. We're valuable because there's so many bad agents giving bad information and they have, they're a personality driven business. The competency is not necessarily there. And I, I can substantiate that all day if you'd like for me to. The thing that I say to my clients is, you don't have to graduate from kindergarten to get your real estate license here in Missouri or in Illinois because I work both sides of the river. And every day there's somebody, there's some agent that illustrates that point and reminds me that you don't have to. You don't have to be educated. You don't have to be a numbers person in a data-driven industry, right? And so the reason we are so valuable is because of the things that we do that may not seem like it's that big of a deal, they're huge because there are so many agents and I'm talking a majority, I'd say 90% of agents cannot or refuse to do the things that you take for granted within yourself. So offer that data, give professional advice, tell the truth about listing prices because there are plenty of times we're gonna, you're gonna lose the deal and it's gonna hurt. I just lost on a deal the other day where my repeat client went to their friend who told them they could get what Zillow has, uh, their Zestimate. Yeah. And the reality is that's 40%, it's a 40% market increase. 100%. I hope they get it. And I told her, I go, I hope you get it. 
you're not going to get it. The guy told you that so he can get your business. I'll be here when he fails. Yeah. Don't Just buy the listing. <laughs> and don't, don't allow him to price, reduce your price because he wasted your time. Don't let him do that twice. Yeah. 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 We see that all the time, right? Agents, agents trying to quote unquote, buy the listing. You know, they're going to throw you this market data. That's just completely in favor of them yeah. and, and not what's actually happening there. That's great advice, Andy. Thank you so much. Now I know you're looking for talent. I know you're recruiting. I know you're doing a lot of talks. You're, you're going all across the country. How do we track you down? Is it social media's best email, Facebook? How do our listeners get a hold of you? If anyone's looking to have a conversation. If you want to see me um, uninhibited, I think, go to my Facebook page. I, uh, I, 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 we do three things. I like to educate, inform, or uh, entertain. And a lot of what I do right now is entertaining, um, I think. <laughs> but I'm, I'm more it's me fun. there. And I'm, I definitely uh, I don't mince words at all. Um, so go there. It's a free-flowing conversation almost constantly. You can also just call or text me directly. I, I take my direct phone line. You're not getting any... Um, gatekeepers at 314-324-1245, area code 314-324-1245. Facebook slash Andy Hannigan, you can go there, message me, text me, call me, uh, send me your love, your hate mail, whatever it is. I, I love it all the same. <laughs> I love that. Awesome, guys. Well, we're going to wrap it up. Andy, thank you so much for being on the show. Again, Real Estate Hustle Podcast. We are on every major outlet, Instagram, Spotify. We're on. We're online at the realestatehustlepodcast.com as well. Andy, it's been a pleasure chatting with you. I look forward to hearing where you're going to be in a year from now because you're supposed to be out of production, at least six level, and you're, you're still only mining that database, but you're doing a lot of other stuff. We'll see if you can make it happen, and I'm I'm excited for you, man. That's exciting. Yeah, I appreciate it, Andre. Thanks for having me. It was a, it was a, it was fun. It went fast. Yeah, it, it flies by, and uh, you know, candid conversations are my favorite. And and you definitely brought that to the table. And I really appreciate that you didn't hold back. And and I think a lot of people need to hear this information because because like I said, you get people coming into our industry or even people that have been here for a while and they're still trying to figure it out. And there is no magic sauce. There is no magic pill. It's hard work. It's determination. And you gotta you gotta know your numbers and be able to do what you did and bring it down even just to. How many minutes do I have to work in order to get a deal? Like that's, that's impressive. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome, brother.